two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. I don't know if you had cold or not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just, I was thinking like, oh shit, yeah, usually like the person who's guiding it starts with a little anecdote. But I already told you about the soccer game, so shit. <laughs> I can just die. I can just die on mic. I'm so sick of coughing. Like, we can just bullshit for a minute, too. Like, Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay, so so no, yeah, <sighs> I, I, I think I was telling you this, too, um, off, off air. And, like, two weeks ago, yeah, my Mrs. Wizard, she has just been coughing like crazy and got yeah. bronchitis. I got bronchitis. Um, so, yeah, man, I just don't... Because it's, it's still, like, cold enough here that I don't think pollen season or, like, allergy season has officially started. But what the hell do I know? yeah right like i just you know seasonal depression but i also think it's like nah it's march you're just gonna be sick right well i think i've i've i'm I'm almost sure that i've mentioned that too right that like in college um indoor national track meet was like mid-march uh the the weekend before spring break and i would always get sick as a dog uh so Mm -hmm. i think it is man i think it's that we, we we've been kind of like cabin fevered cloistered in our homes for for winter and all that and we're desperate to like or some of us are at least like desperate for spring to get here and the weather to warm up uh and then right if if you're if you're competing and still training and like putting your body through the ringer uh and then go to this big meet with thousands of other people that you've never like been exposed to before then yeah of course you're going to get just garbage sick uh (laughs) but uh yeah for well and and even i've had like kind of a low grade kind of just like constant phlegm in the back of my throat so listeners this is going to be a treat of an episode for you (laughs) welcome to the two old men podcast my name is (coughs) and i'm a wizard well and then i'm I'm an old man (laughs) yeah well, and then I wasn't feeling too bad, but then I realized I was feeling a little chilled, so I had to find my jacket. And... <laughs> oh, God, Cousin Kyle. I'm back. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, so, well, so as of right now, it, it was actually really nice today. Um, no, Josh, we can't do that. We can't do weather. We're not doing weather cold opens. We're not. We're not. Still, we, we swore that off. That's, that was our New Year's resolution. That we or our, that's our season six. That's our season six um, resolution. Uh, but but I guess all that is to say that I'm I'm gonna um, just just kind of soldier on, uh, do the best that I can. Almost almost like I'm climbing some very tall obstacle that I, I just I just gotta I just gotta buckle down and get it through there. And li- and listeners, you will know uh, what I'm hinting at because you'll see the episode title. But Mark doesn't know what we're talking about. Uh, so I have no idea. <laughs> maybe maybe a little bit of foreshadowing, maybe not. Um, but I, Josh, am leading this uh, latest episode of the Two Wizards podcast. And yes, I am Josh, and I'm a wizard. And I'm Mark, and I'm a wizard. And I kind of like fumbling for a cold open. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it is. It's, it, 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 it keeps us honest. Uh, it's, it's not too prepared. It's, not, it's, it, it's one thing 
to say like, oh yeah, I, I want to talk about this story, but like, yeah, we or this thing that happened, but it's not like either of us sit down with a script and um, yeah, like be like, okay, and now you say that no, this is this is two wizards, baby. Um, <laughs> Or like you said too earlier, maybe we'll just die. Maybe we'll just die on air. <laughs> just die. We're just <laughs> and that would be good cold open too. Um, what, what, well, what do you mean? This is like 140 episodes. One just flops. There's just one. It doesn't. Yeah. We don't even do it. We just get mad at mm-hmm. each other. Never actually start the episode. <laughs> kind of like hem and haw back and forth for about half an hour, getting mad and just all right. Well, my name is Mark. Fuck you. <laughs> so. I don't think the timing would quite work out, but if we were to release an April Fool's um, episode, <laughs> that would be pretty good. That'd be pretty good. Just like, just like blow up at each other for six minutes, and then just have the remaining hour and twenty minutes of dead silence, <laughs> <laughs> and then the last like three seconds, I walk into my th- into the studio. Oh fuck! This is still on, and like you hear me turn yeah. it off, and then that's he rolled upon his he rolled back. Upon his back, and after that, yeah, and then Quincy's racing up and down the hallway, uh, squeaking like crazy and <laughs> knocking shit over. You can hear him scrape, scratching at the litter box. Man, why am I saying all this? I, I should keep <laughs> this in my pocket for. Oh, well. Uh, well, okay. Well, we we aren't doing that. We aren't doing an April Fool's episode. Uh, but uh, what we do need to do is talk about what is in our Wizards cups. So, Mark, what are we drinking tonight? Yeah. Um. Tonight, I got a special one, kind of, sort of. Johnny was here on Thursday. We cut an episode of Dangle Podcast. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah. So, in our liquor store run, we got um Labatt Blue Canadian Pilsner. Oh, Labatt Blue. That brings back memories. What was that? What <laughs> That was like way back in season one. I was so excited to be drinking Labatt Blue. Was that for Fearsome Critters? Because it was like yeah, Canadian Fearsome beer? Critters. Yeah. Wow, Labatt Blue. Yeah. Mm, memories, memories. Okay, sorry, I got I got horned up there. Um, no, no, you're good. Um, Labatt Blue, and then I still can't taste. But what I can taste, mm. weirdly enough, is Rogue Honey Kolsch. Oh, okay. Um, he picked these up. Johnny likes the Kolsch's. You know me. I'm yeah. not big on them. But um, yeah. this was like the first thing that I've been able to taste in about two weeks. And I am about it. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, well and maybe that's it. Maybe maybe this is the little like kickstart that your taste buds and your like retro nasal um, nerve endings or receptors, whatever's been, been off so you can't taste. Maybe maybe Kolsch is the way that that'll that will waken up. Um, um, Could be. Well, well, I have uh, in my Wizards Cup. Um, you, you know, yeah, I, I guess call me a little homesick for the Centennial State, uh, but uh, I asked the Mrs. Wizard to run out and pick this up, and so I'm happy to have with me Coors Banquet Beer. Coors uh, Banquet Beer. All right. Taste, Taste of the Rockies out of Golden, Colorado. Yeah, like, now we just need Sam Elliott here. Brewed with 100% Rocky Mountain water. Um, Yeah, man. I just, I miss it. (laughs) Right on, man. So, here is on you, buddy. Cheers. Good buddy. There we go. Yep. Yep. That's it. Almost worth... Yeah, running a giant semi truck from uh, Colorado to where was he going? 
and Smokey and the Bandit. I haven't seen that movie in forever. I'm forgetting. Oh God, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, Some, somewhere across the Mississippi. Anyway, anyway, almost, almost is, almost makes you want to do that. <laughs> it could almost be worthwhile. <laughs> or just running down to your supermarket and buying it because you can these days. Um. <laughs> you can, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not like it's hard to get Coors. Yeah, it's it's so funny, man. Like. Just like the regional rivalries or like the fierce product loyalty that people get, because because even me, that's me. I am still I'm I'm still a Colorado guy, and so you know when there'd be like a like a football game or something, or like the Super Bowl, go over to somebody's house, roll up with a twelve pack of Coors Light, and everybody's like, "Ah, boo, that beer sucks," and I'm like, "Nah, you suck." so fun anyway sorry no um, uh but but yeah so partly one of the reasons why i want to pick this this coors beer is it will uh relate fairly directly to our topic tonight so 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 mark i'm drinking coors taste the rocks mm-hmm. a little bit earlier i was talking about you know climbing this cold insurmountable obstacle um that was struggling to find a cold open. <laughs> yes, yes. Before we actually start, do you have do you have any guesses, any ideas about what we're talking? Because 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 mum was the word for me this week. I, I I didn't drop any hints other than the ones I just did right now. But any any ideas based off of those? Yeah, I get, I got nothing. You you told me I didn't need to prepare anything. Right. Like, but well, you, that is also true. I, I said you didn't need to prepare anything, but this is something that you will very easily be able to like just like step in and pick up that torch and run with it. So um, this is this is what I think will be maybe like an ongoing semi-regular series. Uh, and this one might even be a two-parter because as I started to get going on this and was making my script, making my notes, I was like, oh, baby, there's so much here. Um, but the, the sort of like longer semi-regular series that... I think it would be really cool because we do like sciencey stuff. We do um, mytho, historical, cultural stuff. We do cryptidy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, like, man, like, what if we did like different, like, geographic kind of features? Like, we just did an episode on, like, I don't know, like islands. Well, because we kind of had the the like hidden islands or the sunken islands. Um, yeah, sunken continents. We did um, sunken sun continents. Uh, caves as two yeah, hobbits. Yeah, we did caves. Yeah, we did caves two hobbits. And so I was thinking like, yeah, what if I I bet there's something there. So this is going to be our first episode in potentially this like wizards tour the world, like a wizard's guide to geography or something like that. Um, And and where better than to start at the top? So Mark, our episode topic tonight is mountains. We're going to talk about some goddamn mountains today, man. Some goddamn mountains. (laughs) Oh, Okay. And okay, so, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, and so so uh, this is where and this is where I, I I knew that you would be able to to kind of groove right along with this because before your current tenure as an office mancer, um, and even before your produce wizardry, you sir were a legit geomancer. Like you were summoning basalt columns up out of the earth and. Um, <laughs> You were you, you were you were making rivers oxbow uh, with, with your <laughs> falluvial magic. Uh, 
<laughs> busting open them rocks, finding the enchanted crystals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, find, right. Finding the crystals. Finding legit uh, uh, fossilized pine, pine cones. Yeah, yeah, fossilized pine cones. Presenting papers at the American Ge- Geographic Society. Was it or whatever kind of Mayor A A G American Association of Geographers. Geographers, right? So, so this yeah, would be something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think this would be something that we can both kind of dive into. And so, yeah, so. Yeah, I used to be a member of a wizard circle of dirt sorcerers. You're right, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, Um, yeah, I was a Radagast, the regular Radagast, (laughs) the brown low level wizard there. Yeah, damn it. (laughs) So, so yeah, so, um, so today we're going to talk about mountains. We're going to talk about what they are, how they're made, the tallest, the second tallest, um, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to talk about all, all sorts of stuff. And like I said, this because this is ostensibly going to be like an entire mountain range of episodes, this is probably going to be even be a two-parter. Uh, but we'll 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 see we'll see how how far we get. So, Mark, I'm I'm not putting you on the spot too much there, but yeah, what what is a mountain? What what makes a mountain? How would you define a mountain? What is it? Um, mountains are created when two um plates collide with each other and instead of one going into the other um something called um subduction um instead it creates an orogenic effect and the two mash up into each other so mm-hmm. like the uh, indian plate mashing into the asian plate is what created the um himalaya mountains right exactly yeah. exactly so so is there like uh is there like a certain height that they have to be or like a certain like because uh, because again, man, I was trying to like cram the geomancy right here, or uh, or a certain like prominence that they need, or a certain relief that they need, or like what um, makes a what 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 makes a mountain different from a hill, something like that. Yeah, I don't know the like okay actual, but I would say so. Mm-hmm. So you can get mountains also a couple different ways. Um, you can have like Mount Kilauea. Um, it's a volcano coming up off the seafloor. Yep. Um, as the volcano erupts, the mountain it's you know it dumps the lava onto itself. It's a perpetuating system over however many millions of years. You get this gigantic volcano mountain. Um, you can also get like. So you know everything was flat at one point, right? And then eventually, mm-hmm. like you get weathering. Um, yep. So rivers and wind cut the landscape and then glaciers too during ice ages. Um, that's where you get like Mount Blanca is a glacial mountain. Super. Yeah. Super speary, super sharp peaks where glaciers mm-hmm. eroded down. Well, and, and also, yeah, to be fair, like uh, Colorado, uh, where you currently are and where I once was and where I long to be again. Uh, yeah. It's like I, if I, if I counted right, I think it is the most mountainous state in these United States of ours. Um, and yeah, Mount Blanca, I, I, I know that we've referenced that uh, offhandedly in other episodes. Yeah, that's a that's a 14-footer. Its, it's peak is over 14,000 feet um, in uh, 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 elevation. Um, it stands in relief. Okay, yeah, it, it stands in relief. It's so like the valley floor is like 7,000, 7,500 feet. And so that's like another 7,000 on top. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of 14-footers um uh four 14ers all over the state um and i was also going to like kind of sort of put you in the 
hot seat and then just immediately take you back out again. Because really, there, there's no like universally widely agreed upon definition of a mountain. It's just, it's yeah, just like, yeah. it's just kind of like pornography. You know it when you see it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because it's beautiful and it, and it brings a tear to your eye and this like swelling in your heart. And it's like, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> mountains and mountains and pornography exact same thing <laughs> uh but but yeah so 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 it is like really like the difference between a mountain and a hill it 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 just seems like mountains are clearly the bigger ones this is also where you can throw in like a plateau or like a mesa it's mm-hmm. like, well, okay, yeah, mountains come to a peak. They come up to those jagged points or even like kind of a rounded point as opposed to a big flat top uh, like you see in a, a plateau or something like that. So, yeah, it, it, there, there's not like a – it's not like you can like hold up a thermometer or a tape measure and say like, yes, this is a mountain. Like we don't have – we don't have those strict kind of definitions. Um, but the UN Environmental Program uh, has uh, uh, seven – sort of classes of like mountainous environments. Um, okay. And so they range all the way from class one, which is uh, an elevation greater than uh, 4,500 meters or 14,764 feet. Um, also listeners, I'm going to be going back and forth between metric and imperial uh, meters and freedom units. Um, just cause, just cause that's how, that's how it goes. Um, but, uh, but, but I'll try to give like feet or miles depending on what makes sense. Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, class one is elevation greater than that, uh, 4,500 meters, 14,764 feet. Um, all the way down to class six, which is elevation between 300 meters, uh, 984 feet, and 1,000 meters, uh, 3,281 um, okay. So, so it it just really kind of depends. There's all sorts of different mountains, all sorts of different classes, and um, sort of using those those definitions. Um, mm-hmm. Something like twenty four percent, a quarter of the Earth's land mass, can be considered mountainous. I buy that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So yeah. So and and of course they appear everywhere. They're all over the place. It's not like it's not like a like in our Antarctic episode. It's not like, oh, well, there's this big icy thing down at the South Pole. Like, no, like mountains are literally everywhere. Uh, 33% of Eurasia, 19% of South America, 24% of North America, 14% of Africa. Yeah, yeah there's just mountains all over the place. Really? Only um, 24% of North America? I, I mean... Because I'm just thinking of like Alaska is like 99% mountain. Like, let me tell you, buddy, as somebody who spent two days driving from Alamosa, Colorado to Columbus, Ohio, those great plains, those great plains. (laughs) Okay, okay. It's it's, retraction, retraction. Yeah, maybe there's a little bit of bias there, just because again, you're up in El Valle de San Luis with. 14ers almost 360 degree coverage there but um, um <laughs> but yeah uh, well and yes you absolutely hit it out of the park too even un- unprompted you were getting into orogeny uh orogenesis the creation of mountains um 
and yeah, there are three three kind of main types, and and, and you already kind of ran through it. Well, three, three and a half, four, um, but but also just to kind of go through uh, quickly. So mountains are mountains can be created through volcanic processes, right? So there's mm-hmm. some opening through the uh, uh, Earth's crust, crust where the outer mantle spews magma up and then it becomes lava and then it hardens into mountains. And so, yeah, that's stuff like you see in the Hawaiian Islands. Uh, that's like Mount Fuji in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mount Etna uh, uh, in Italy there. Um, uh, Kilimanjaro? I think Kilimanjaro's one too. Kilimanjaro's in a, a volcano, yeah. Yeah, 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 and so and so, just it over never time, erupts, but it gives plus one to uh, food and production well, for and tiles within one too, square. Man. <laughs> oh, baby! And if I pop up on it, I restart that fucker because yeah. Tora de Pain is the superior one, or Roy Rama, Roy Roy Mira. Yeah, like forget about it. But yeah, if if, if they're okay, listeners, if you weren't already on board, Mark and I are going to geek out about how mountains appear in Civ, uh, in, in, in Civ Mars Civ, and just how. Oh, baby. Uh, plus one science for every mountain tile adjacent to your campus district. Uh, oh, baby. So good. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, so there are volcanic uh, mountains there. And then I, I think I understand the difference between these two. There are, there are two other uh, forces at, at play uh, due, to the, due to tectonic activity. One is a fold mountain. Where yeah, yep. the the two plates push up against each other, and instead of one su- subsiding, subducting, yeah, subducting, subducting, thank you, yeah, yeah, instead of like that, yeah, they kind of like push together, or one might one plate might kind of slide up up on top of the other one, um, mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah, those are things as you exactly say, like the Himalayas, uh, it's the Indian plate and the Eurasian plate pushing up on top of each other. And we'll, we'll get a little more uh, into this later. But yeah, it's basically the reason why the Himalayas are as tall as they are is because it's literally two continental plates sitting on top of each other. It's um, insane. Like, it's yeah, like mashing stupid. and competing and like still yeah. growing. And yeah, you're right. Right. Whereas the laws of physics should say that that should have all tumbled, like <laughs> gone down, but just for whatever reason. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, and then there's the other one, and maybe I, I so it's, yeah, like volcanic, got it, fold, got it. I think I kind of know this third one, I, but maybe you can help or not. But apparently, there's also block mountains, block formations, and block that's formations. where yeah, and that's where a plate is stretched apart, and so some oh yeah, and and so then some of the. Uh, plate that it gets just like either either falls down and then some gets lifted, uh, and and you can tell those ones because uh, the uh, two exposed sides where you can see all of the layers, um, mm-hmm. and so yeah, yeah that, they match up against each other over the like valley floor. Yeah, right, 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 right. And so and so yeah, there's a there's a lifted type where where there's two exposed sides or a tilted type where it's just like kind of one end kind of pops up. Boop. And then the other end has a, has a kind of gentle slope. Um, and then, yes, as you also mentioned to Mark, um, um, erosion, um, I don't know if it necessarily creates mountains, but it definitely helps shape them where you have wind or water, uh, be it rain or glaciers. Yeah, go through and carve stuff. And I will never forget this. Uh, when we were um, driving to a speech and debate meet 
uh, up near uh, Rifle, um, Colorado, and mm. you were and, and you were teaching me because that's when you were student teaching with me. You, you were teaching mm-hmm. me, and you were teaching uh, our students as well. Like, all right, kids, look here. You see how that kind of valley there is U shaped? That's a glacier. That's that's because a glacier did that. As opposed yep. to like this over here, which is V shaped because it's blah blah blah. And like all of us were just spellbound. Like, wow. Tell us more, Mr. Jones. <laughs> oh, such a nerd for glaciers, man. Oh, yeah. So good. So stinking good. Um, oh, my gosh. Right, here's, another, here's another little... Oh, my gosh. It's a mountain you? cat. Look out, Josh. It is a mountain cat. i got to be careful. Gotta, gotta be careful what I let into my office here. Um, uh, well, yes. And so this whole kind of thing... Uh, and uh they're just like just like there's a water cycle here where it's like oh yeah the water from the ocean heats up and then it uh condenses in the clouds and it precipitates and it runs back in the ocean again there's an orogenic cycle there's a mountain there's an entire kind of cycle that describes the process of mountains being made and that's apparently called the wilson cycle wilson Mm -hmm. wilson Um, that i yeah and and just like you're saying right like they're there are these giant uh, tectonic plates that are granite. That's it, right? Their base. That's like yeah, wire. Mo- yeah, mostly. Yeah, mostly. I because I was trying to remember this because it's like, yeah, the like granite is less dense than the outer uh, mantle, and so it floats, and so it floats on top of that. Um, but but it's yes. constantly yes. but 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 like. The edges are constantly going under plates, and so getting fed back into the outer mantle, and then and then new ones come up. Um, so yeah, plate tectonics. Go look it up. It's it's cool stuff. It's goddamn cool. Um, and this is also how we get like I don't even know if we'll have time to get into this. There's even like vast uh, mountain ranges under the ocean due to this tectonic activity. Uh, as well. Like the sunken continent of Zealandia. Like, like yes. the sunken continent of Zealandia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that I can't talk about because it hurts my brain. Because what is on that goddamn mountain? You know, like... Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. The, the aboriginals talked about walking over to Australia from Papua New Guinea. You can't... Like, you can't walk. You can't, you can't, you can't walk. But they, they said, oh, yeah, no, we walked. Like, yep, it's... Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so yes, yeah, so that is mountains at a glance. Mountains sort of at a what, glance. What they are, how they're formed, uh, and and yeah, we. I'm I'm still including myself here because like yeah, growing up uh, in the San Luis Valley, growing up in Colorado, and just getting getting these beautiful mountain vistas um, and the uh, Alpen glow. Uh, one of my mutual Twitter uh, 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 friends was like, oh, hey, check out this word of the day, alpenglow. And that's like the effect of like sunrise and sunset on the mountain peaks. And it produces this lovely golden pink rose color. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, baby, that was every day of my life from the age of five to 30. <laughs> it's like, um, oh, well, and, and that's even why. So Mount Blanca, as we've talked about, that's part of the Sangre de Cristo mountain range, uh, mm-hmm. the the blood of Christ. And one of, yeah, one of the sort of explanation or one of the um, uh, etymologies for why those mountains are called the Sangre de Cristos is because this alpine glow um, produces this like vivid red, beautiful color on the uh, mountaintops when the sun is setting in the evenings. And it's gorgeous. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and if you put your holy site next to them, it gets plus one faith from every adjacent mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and it's impassable to units as well, so it creates a natural defensive barrier. <laughs> Make sure you build your university there to boost the astronomy civic. Oh my god, yeah. Right, and, and, and what's the... Um, well, and, and there are a couple of wonders in Civ that you have to build on top of a mountain, right? Like that's, oh, yeah, like Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu, um, um, something like that. In, I don't in, think you have to do Christ the Redeemer, but I think you get a boost if it is. I think that's right. Something like that. Um, well, and then wait, all the way back in Civ 5, uh, which like played very differently than, than Civ 6, um, but you could not build an observatory in your city. Um, unless you had a mountain oh. tile, uh, unless you had a mountain, I think it was within two tiles. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like Civ Five was a little different. Like everything was still built just in your city. You wouldn't place districts, you wouldn't place universities, but you had still all the like, oh, I I need to be next to a river. Or anyway, anyway, sorry, we're we're not doing Civ. We already did loose ro- robes on Civ. Josh, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Uh, okay, well, hey, since we're talking about this, let's get into. The big boys. Let's get into the biggest mountains um, that we have here. And I, when I was going into this, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be kind of fun to like, what's the tallest mountain on each continent? Um, yeah, that that'll be neat. Instead of just saying like, okay, yeah, the the you know twelve tallest mountains are all in in the Himalayas. Like, <laughs> um, right. So so what if I get? And then little did I know, quite the rabbit hole, the crevasse um, <laughs> that, that I would stumble down here. Because, um, yeah, so there is this thing called the Seven Summits. Okay. Uh, where if you go and uh, uh, summit, if, if, if you climb all these seven tallest mountains, one on each continent, that's a, that's a big thing. That's like a big achievement to do. Or at least it was, because according to uh, Richard Bass, who was the first to summit all these seven mountains that we'll get into in a minute, uh, he first uh, accomplished this feat. Uh, he finished April 30th, 1985. Wow. And however, now he says it's almost cliche. It's like it do- it's it's like pointless now. Like it's so easy mm-hmm. to do this. Uh, but let's get into a- actually what those mountains are. So, of course... The tallest peak um, in in the world that we have with us right now is, of course, Mount Everest, a.k.a. Sagarmatha, a.k.a. Uh, Chomolungma, a.k.a. Uh, Zumulangma Fen in English and Nepalese and Chinese and Tibetan. I think I got those right. Um, <laughs> well done. Well done. And so, um, so, yeah, Mount Everest, we'll get into why it's called Mount, Mount Everest, but all those other names... Uh, Sagarmatha, uh, Chomolungma, uh, Zumolungma, Fen, they all essentially mean Holy Mother or like Goddess of the Sky in some of those. Um, and I'll maybe, I, I really want to go off onto this tangent, but maybe I'll have to put a pin in that, a footnote. Maybe that'll even be for part two. Uh, okay. but, why, but why is it called Mount Everest? Because... That's a mighty white-sounding name for a mountain range in, in Asia, India. 
well, because God reason- wanted the white man to climb it after he <laughs> conquered India and showed the brown man how to live properly, of course, for God, Queen, and country. So apparently, the story is that one Andrew Waugh, uh, who was the British Surveyor General of India uh, in the, uh, I think it was like the 1950s. Okay. Um, he wanted to name this tallest mountain uh, after his predecessor, the guy who was the British Surveyor, Surveyor General of India before him, uh, Sir George Everest. Oh, okay. Fun fact number one, uh, Everest was not how you actually pronounced his name. You pronounced his name Everest. Okay. So we all, I guess, again, cultural victory, unite like America, because British <laughs> pronunciation uh, doesn't... We, we don't recognize that here, even if it was the British Survey General. Um, so, fun fact number one, the, the dude's name was actually Sir George Everest, but we all call it Everest. Number two, Everest objected to this. He says, no, don't name this mountain after me. And he specifically says, because his last name could not be written in Hindi or pronounced by, quote unquote, the native of India. So he's like, <laughs> oh, no. So he's like, no, don't do that, you idiot. <coughs> like... You, you can't write it in Hindi. Nobody would, none of the like indigenous population here could actually pronounce it. Don't name this mountain after me. Uh, but despite his objections in 1965, the naming went forward. And ever since it's been Mount Everest. So before you get too imperialist, it's like, yeah, but there's, there's at least one guy who was like, no, don't name this after me. That's stupid. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and so, yes. Uh, Mark, if you had to ball, if, if you had to ballpark it, plus yes. or minus a hundred meters or a thousand feet, however, whatever you want to do, about how tall is Everest? Can you kind of oh, guesstimate? Shit, uh, isn't it twenty eight thousand feet? That's okay. Ding, ding, ding. You got within the thousand feet. It's 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 twenty nine. Twenty nine. So okay. So okay. it's eight hundred. Oh, excuse me. Uh, eight thousand. 849 meters, 29,032 okay. feet, or about five and a half miles. So yeah, it's five and a half miles Jesus. Uh, from, from quote-unquote sea level. And oh baby, you better believe we're going to talk about just how stupid sea level is for like the like standard for measuring elevation. But that's what we're going with. So yeah, it's about five and a half miles up um, from sea, 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 sea level. Um uh, 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 the, some of the earliest explorations and attempts to climb this thing date as far back as uh, 1922, so over 100 years ago. Um, uh, in 1924, George Mallory and Andrew Irvine made an attempt to summit this, but did not come back. So, okay. again, Matt, think about technology like in, in this time. And here are these dudes trying to climb Everest. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so, so yeah. So they they, they made this attempt. the the first The first attempt. Uh, well, okay. First attempt was in 1922. The, these two guys attempted it in 24, and then in 1999, 75 years later, uh, Mallory's body was discovered. And oh. kind of depending on. So who knows? Maybe, maybe they did make it all the way to the top. 
or maybe they didn't. We just so who knows? It, it could have been summited as far back as then, just because you know these two guys didn't make it back. Um, mm-hmm. But the but getting into the actual like okay, yeah, we we have like better record keeping. Um, so another what would what would that be? Uh, Twenty eight years, nineteen fifty two. Uh, a Swiss named uh, Raymond Lambert and his Sherpa guide, which also real quick, so Sherpa is like an ethnic group. So it's like, I'm, yeah. as I as I go through all these mountaineers and, and explorers and stuff, I'm going to be saying, oh, here's this Swiss guy, this German guy, this British guy. Uh, and so, yeah, Sherpa is, is not like an occupation. <laughs> it is an ethnic group. Uh, <laughs> right. So, yeah, the Swiss Raymond Lambert and the Sherpa Tenzing Norgay reached an elevation of uh, 8,595 meters, so just over 28,000 feet, uh, setting a new record. Okay. The next year, 1953, uh, that's when this same Sherpa, Tenzin Norgay, along with New Zealander Edmund Hillary, reached the summit. And they beat out another pair of climbers, Tom Burdillon and Charles Evans, who attempted the summit two days before. So, th- so this oh, was like shit. a race. Yeah, this was like a race to get up there. Um, and they, ju- they, they, the, the other two guys almost made it, but. Um, uh, Edmund Hillary is is famous for having summited Everest, but along with yeah his guide uh, the Sherpa uh, Tenzin Norgay, um, and you you probably heard of this Mark um, in a lot of ways now. And there's a bunch of articles, there's a bunch of YouTube documentaries about it. Like the Everest summiting industry is like a thing, like and that is mm-hmm. not a that is not at all to take away from like the truly st- strenuous. Uh, amazing physical demands that would would take to do this but it's one thing if you're two dudes in 1924 that are like breathing air out of a leather bag <laughs> yeah versus the, the advent of a pressurized air tank wasn't right, quite yeah. there yet well or like <clears throat> having like like base camps and our understanding of like living at high altitude and and we're, we'll we'll come back into that where it's like okay yeah here's all all these base camps bring plenty of oxygen and uh i just saw this the other day i i think i bookmarked it uh so we can put this on twitter um uh but yeah i just saw a photo of this the other day where like the line to summit everest like there's like 20 people all holding a rope waiting for their turn to like okay i'm on the summit here's my like 15 seconds to get a selfie okay next like it's a goddamn water slide um yeah (laughs) which Again, that's something that I will never do in my life, and that's not—it's it's taking nothing away at all from people who have done that. But yeah, man, it's there's also a part of me that dies. That's like this is this is what mighty Everest has like become now. It's just everybody like stand stand in line and wait for your turn to get up there. But I, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe I'm being too harsh. No, I I agree with you 100. percent It's kind of. I think we talk about it a lot with, like, when we talk about, like, you know, um, Pola Tadena, like, mm-hmm. it would blow their minds to know what we have accomplished. Like, just, I, I, for, anytime we talk about space, we always go, can you imagine going back and telling the Greeks, no, no, we're going to go check out these these planets. Like, we're going to land yeah. on this one called Mars. Oh, mm-hmm. whatever. But so, like, even to that end, like, there's a, a boredom that comes with the greatness of man too, because now yeah, this like take ju- the, the tallest mountain in the world is now mundane and just kind of eh, whatever. Well, and, and, 
I took the kids to Everest. We climbed it. I cannot believe yeah. that they want to charge you $30 for an Everest pop up top. And you know the kids just got to have it. So, you, but yeah, like. Yeah. So, well, and, and also I, I, I don't want to make light of the fact uh, because uh, at least 310 people have died in the attempt um, to to summit Everest. And it's for any number of reasons, not having enough oxygen, altitude sickness, whatever, whatever. Um, one of the most notable and like, again, sort of like macabre examples um, is someone known as Green Boots. Okay. Who was first, his his uh, remains were first discovered uh, in 1996. And why they call him Green Boots is his mountaineering boots are green uh, koflak. Um, very, very kind of distinctive. Uh, and we don't know who this dude is. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, we have no idea. Like, we, 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 we don't know, but most people assume that he is a person named uh, Sen Wang Paljor. There's maybe a couple of, I don't know, something like that. But yeah, we don't really know who he is. Uh, and, again, as kind of screwed up as this is, as macabre as this is, um, yeah, Green Boots is like kind of a landmark where when you're going up the Northeast Ridge... It's like, okay, so you'll come over here, and then when you see green boots, turn right, or whatever, because there he, he was just right there. He was just right there. Um, or at least he was just right there until a uh, Chinese climbing team uh, relocated his remains to a more secluded spot uh, in 2014. Mm, okay. And... Yeah, that's just it. It's I, I I've heard this off not only for green boots, but I've also heard this for other uh, people. Yeah, who who have died. Where, yeah, to recover their remains is just way too uh, uh, dangerous, um, and they just, just kind of leave them there. And and same for like spent oxygen tanks. There was a thing where it's like, again, this Everest climbing industry is like just like people are just like throwing their spent e- equipment out because. It's too, yeah, perilous to try and like clean all that stuff up, and I think they're starting to. I think they're starting to like try and clean clean up all the uh, good, yeah, good. O- they should be tanks. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, you if, know what doesn't biodegrade? Plastic and goddamn oxygen yeah, tanks. Right. <laughs> yeah, your oxygen tanks and your uh, tubs of lard that you have to eat to have enough yep. calories to make it a little clean. Clean. Up. Leave Everest better than how you found. It. <laughs> relocate green boots um don't don't bring them down the mountain but just sweep them under the rug and i know that's super fucked up i know it's super fucked up but eh, that's that's what it's that's what's like to climb a mountain um another uh notable and, and even controversial death uh, uh was uh, uh one mountaineer named david sharp uh in 2006 okay. and what's sort of yeah, the controversy with him is like again because it's 2006. The, the like Everest climbing industry is like full full uh, a bore here, um, and so there were like dozens of people and like dozens of teams who like passed by this guy, and could see that he was struggling, see that he was hypoxic, see that he was kind of disoriented or something like that, and just said like, well, okay, uh, I guess we're keep going. We're, we're going to keep going up here. Um, and so then, uh, David Sharp actually, like, he kind of camped out next to where Green Boots was. Um, and he spent the night out there and it was stupidly, bitterly cold. And David Sharp also 
made a couple of major faux pas too. Um, he didn't tell anybody that he was going to make a summit by himself. Yeah, so he went by himself. He didn't tell anybody, mm-hmm. didn't have a guide, didn't have surplus oxygen, didn't have a radio. So it's like, okay, man, some of that's kind of on you. This uh, is on you. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's... But also like a bunch of some of the other climbers were like facing a lot of um, uh, flack for like, why didn't you help this guy? It's like, well, why didn't he have? A... So, so yeah, I, I won't get into the, that controversy too much because, yeah, I think I think a, a lot of that's on him. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, so, so, so Everest is the first stop. Well, maybe not the first stop. It's the tallest stop on the uh, seven summits here. Okay. Uh, okay. S- stop number two. So, so okay. So that takes care of like Asia. What continent would you guess, Mark, has the second tallest uh, peak? Well, because I don't know if you're saying what's tall or not. Because like I know if you do it off the sea level, um, it'd be America with Hawaii. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so we're we're looking at like pure. Elevation. You're going like pure like elevation, yeah. Yeah, so, not, um, not not prominence necessarily because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, Africa. Ooh, uh, good guess. Uh, but we're actually taking a trip down to South America and uh, oh. to Aconcagua, uh, aka the Sentinel of Stone or the White Sentinel. Uh, so yeah, this is up in the Andes, um, and this peak is. Uh, 6,961 meters, 6,961. Nice. Nice. Uh, AKA 22,837 feet or 4.33 miles. Uh, Jesus Christ. Again, man, this is is crazy. Um, This peak was first summited by Matthias Zürbegen, a Swiss mountaineer uh, who led an exposition or or, 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 who, who was a part of an exposition led by British mountaineer Edward Fitzgerald. Um, <laughs> sorry, I knew I knew I get that there. Um, and these guys summited uh, Aconcagua in eighteen ninety seven. So these dudes were wow four miles up in the air in the nineteenth century. Um, wow! Uh, and a German geologist, Paul Gusfeld, uh, made an earlier attempt in eighteen eighty three. But didn't quite didn't quite summit it, uh, so yeah, that is that is the second highest uh, at Aconcagua uh, in the Andes. Uh, number three is good old North America and uh, Denali, aka Mount McKinley, aka Bolshaya Gora, which Denali and Bolshaya Gora are sort of like indigenous uh, Inuit. Uh, and Russian, respectively, for tall mountain or big mountain. <laughs> Good job, guys. You Good did job, it. Guys. Again, you hit, it out, <laughs> hit it out of the park. Um, and Denali is 6,190 meters, uh, 20,310 feet, 3.85 miles. And man, maybe it's just because... I'm I'm in the states and I'm was doing all my research using an internet browser that has my geo location here. But man, this is a damn story and a half about being the first to summit Denali. Um, okay, Mount McKinley. Um, so after initial exploratory survey, so some of these first ones were just kind of getting a lay of the end. They weren't lay of the land. They weren't necessarily trying to summit. 
Um, but there were attempts all the way back in uh, 1902, 1903, 1906, 1909. Uh, and in 1910, uh, and in 1910, Tom Lloyd, Peter Anderson, Billy Taylor, and Charles McGonigal uh, made a base camp and discovered a mountain pass that would make future attempts easier, which they named McGonigal pa uh, Pass. Uh, okay. This is amazing. Okay, so 1910, as these guys were like trying to get up there. McGonagall, Taylor, and Anderson lugged a 14-foot spruce pole with them. Okay. And the reason they were going to do that was they were going... Th th this was their verification. They're like, they're going to plant this 14-foot-long spruce pole in the ground so that when you got back <laughs> down to, like, the base, you could say, like, oh, yeah, see that pole there? We... we <laughs> that was us. <laughs> okay. Okay, I like that. That's a smart move. Okay. Taylor and Anderson uh, reached an elevation of 19,470 feet and then planted the pole because that's as far as they could get. <laughs> <laughs> but still, like, we were just talking about how gr how grueling and, hor you know, you have to manage your supplies and your food and, and your oxygen or whatever. And then these motherfuckers take... <laughs> A, yeah, like a caber, essentially, like a giant Scottish caber with them <laughs> to plant it in there. <laughs> How badass is that? Oh, my that's God. pretty awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> um, so, and, and, and that set the record for their, for the time. A uh, couple years later, in 1912, an expedition led by Herschel Parker and Belmore Brown. Uh, Brown had a previous attempt. Uh, previous climb in 1906 they were within a few hundred yards of the summit but had to turn back due to harsh weather mm. so they almost they were yeah like a football field away um but 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 couldn't quite make it up the day after their their, their descent so harsh weather couldn't quite make it come back down the next day july 7th a 7.4 magnitude earthquake destroyed the glacier that they climbed up so oh, Jesus, yeah, man, it's yeah, crazy, crazy. Wow, stuff. yeah. Which okay, again, it's bad enough that you're, yeah, you 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 have no oxygen and your body is like uh, uh, catabolizing itself to get enough energy to just keep living. There's a 7.4 magnitude earthquake. Um, <laughs> just just have one of those two. Uh, <laughs> We're we're playing Civ with the natural disasters uh, <laughs> enabled. Um, okay, and then finally the next year, finally the next year, uh, 1913, Hudson Stuck and Harry Karstens led Walter Harper and Robert Tatum to reach the summit. So they finally summited it the next year. Um, and, and again, man, like I I didn't have time to like follow up on these books, but there's a couple of really good books that that look like. They, they tell the story pretty well. Uh, uh, Stuck was an Episcopal priest who just climbed mountains as a hobby. Uh, oh, wow. Karstens uh, had been in Alaska since uh, 1897 during the gold rush. Uh, Harper was born in Alaska. Do you, uh, his, his parents were there for, for the gold rush, and so he was an outdoorsman. Uh, and Tatum was a theology student, had very little experience, and he was the cook. <laughs> Oh my God! So, so these dudes go up there. So, uh, they had a few setbacks on the way. Um, once they accidentally set fire to some supplies, um, 
they had to scramble over the glacier that the previous year's earthquake up upended and destroyed. Um, they were facing temperatures as low as minus 20 Fahrenheit, minus 30 Celsius. Um, all of them got altitude sickness, but they all four reached the summit June 7th, uh, 1913. Um, Harper got up there first, then Tatum, and then Karstens, and then finally Stuck made it up there, and then he immediately fell un unconscious <laughs> after oh, reaching the summit. And then they all made it back down. <laughs> they all made it back down. So, uh, yeah, man. <sighs> wow. Like we've talked about too, you know, just our, our lamenting that there's new, no new things to discover, no new adventures. Could you imagine being some of these dudes in 1913? Like, like oh, you're a theology yeah. student. You're like, oh, okay, I guess my Episcopal priest is going along for the trip. I can come too. I can make a mean uh, pan of beans. <laughs> Oops, I just sent sent fire to uh, half of our tents. Uh oh. <laughs> I, but you know, you you joke, but I wouldn't have been a young glacialologist had it not been for hey mark's really strong bring him to break up the irregulars right. like, yeah I, I get it like <laughs> you assemble your team with their various skills and maybe even things you can't even plan for ahead of time but um but yeah it's super it's super cool so the, I, I definitely want to read read up more about that that expedition because that sounds like a trip um okay uh next so that so that was number three peak number three is number Denali. three uh, peak number four on the seven summits is, and here we are in Africa with Kilimanjaro, um, aka the mountain of greatness, as it is. That's what that kind of translates to. Uh, or if you're uh, German Hans Meyer uh, and exploring the area, you name it Kaiser Wilhelm Spitze. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Little try hard there, Hans. A little bit of brown nosing. So like, oh no, this is this is Kaiser Wilhelm Peak, Kaiser Wilhelm Spitze. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so Kilimanjaro uh, is five thousand eight hundred ninety-five meters, uh, nineteen thousand three hundred forty-one feet, three point six six miles. In uh, some of the uh, local people there, the Chaga people have various legends about its formation. Um, Aeschylus and Herodotus wrote about, so they wouldn't have known about Kilimanjaro, but uh, Aeschylus in one of his tragedies, and then Herodotus in, in his histories. The, the the idea, like a burning question for the Greeks at the time, was like, where does the Nile River get its water? Because this. This powerful river in Egypt that produces all, all this uh, 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 fertile flooding for all the crops. Where does it get all, all of its water? And the idea was that there must be some mountain way far south where it just constantly snows or where there's mm -hmm. always snow and then the snow melts and then that makes the Nile. Um, so they didn't quite, that, that's not quite how it works, but hey, I mean, yeah. Close enough for jazz. Close enough for Greek tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the idea oh. was that the, the Nile River was fed 
uh, by the snows from this some some mountain uh, further south in Africa. And hey, Kilimanjaro. Um, yeah, th there you go. Um, the the first sort of recorded summiting that we have of this uh, was by Europeans uh, Johannes Redman and Johann Krampf in 1846, or by English geographer Halford Mackinder and explorer Harry Johnston in 1848. So we have some competing uh, claims here about uh, uh, who who was kind of kind of scoping who 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 was the first European to to see to see Kilimanjaro. Yeah, uh, yeah. And again, there were several attempts in 1861, 1862, 1871, 1887, and 1888. Finally, in 1889, German geology professor Hans Meyer, again, same Hans Meyer, uh, with Austrian mountaineer Ludwig Purchseller, reached the summit of uh, Kibo. So Kilimanjaro has like a couple of different peaks, and uh, Kibo is the tallest one. Uh, okay. And so they, they summited that, they summited Kibo in uh, 1889, uh, and confirmed that there was, in fact, a volcanic crater there. So yeah. It is a volcanic uh, a mountain. Um, the second tallest peak, uh, Mowenzi, so it's not as, high, it isn't as tall, but it's a little more difficult climb. Um, that was mm -hmm. reached on July 29th, uh, 1912 by German climbers Eduard Hans Euler uh, and Fritz Klute. So the Germans were all after Kilimanjaro, man. Um, and I'm just yeah, glad. they really were. I'm, I'm just glad that we kept with Kilimanjaro and not Kaiser Wilhelm Spitze. Because <laughs> that is dumb. Because <laughs> that is dumb. Um, yeah, it's just, man. Um, oh, okay. Well, we're, we're, we're more than halfway through. I'll try and try and get through these last ones fairly, fairly quickly here. Uh, so coming in at spot number five uh, for Europe, the continent of Europe, uh, this is Mount Elbrus, Uwasha uh, Maxi, or Mignita. Um, uh, this is kind of near like uh, uh, Russia. This is in kind of Russia. And uh, okay. uh, it, th this mountain is named after a legendary mountain in Iranian mythology, which means, again, high or tall peak. Um, Elbrus. <laughs> Man, it's, it's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, Mingita is, is another name, uh, that is, oh, oh, okay, I, I left it out in my notes, I forget what language that is, um, but that means eternal mountain. Uh, this one okay. comes in at 5,642 meters, 18,510 feet, or about three and a half miles. Um, its eastern summit was ascended in 1829 by Kilar, uh, Kachirov. Uh, the Western Summit was reached in 1847 by a British expedition led by F. Crawford Grove uh, with Frederick Gardner, uh, Horace Walker, and Swiss guide Peter Knubel. And here's where we start to get into a little like, well, how are we counting continents here? Because if this thing is like kind of in Asia, mm -hmm. like, like, like like Russia, maybe the, ne maybe the other European peak should be Mount Blanc or Monte Bianco, uh, kind of in the Alps there. And much like our beloved Mount Blanca, uh, that means White Mountain. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, Mount Blanc comes in at 4,810 meters, so quite a bit lower. 
just fi- a bit, yeah. Yeah, 15,781 feet, or just shy of three miles. Uh, the first recorded ascent of this mountain, of Mount Blanc, was in 1786 by Jacques Balmat and Michel Picard. And a lot of people say that uh, Balmat and Picard, by climbing Mount Blanc, in 1786, 1786, the the United States was was ten years old. Ten. Uh, it was ten years That's... old. A lot of people consider this climb to be the start of modern mountaineering. Um, with those two. Okay. So, so yeah, I think so. Um, coming in at number six, uh, listeners who have uh, uh, heard our Antarctic episode may this may sound familiar to them uh coming in next is mount vinson named for carl vinson a georgia democrat uh congressman who at one time was the youngest member of Cong- congress at the ripe old age of 30 um and wow. why and why mount vincent and the vinson massif why that's named after him was he uh expanded the navy and and, and heavily supported the antarctic exploration uh operations that mark and i covered in our Antarctic episode. So go check that out. Yeah, go check that one out. Um, as you might imagine, uh, Mount Vincent was, is the most recently summited. So this was uh, uh, 4,892 meters. Bless you. Um, Thank you. 16,050 feet, or just over three miles, 3.04 miles. Uh, and this was first climbed in 1966 by an American team led by Nicholas Clinch. Uh, which okay. is a great, which is a great name for a mountain climber. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Clinch. Nicholas Clinch. Uh, and then finally, our last uh, of the seven summits here. And again, a little, a little controversy depends on how we're counting these. Um, mm-hmm. This is either Pungkak Jaya, the glorious peak uh, in Indonesia, um, which is 4,884 meters tall, 6,024 feet, 3.03 miles. Uh, and this was unclimbed until 1962 by Heinrich Herrer. Uh, another kind of fun story about Punkak Jaya. Um, it was at one time named the Karstens Pyramid after Dutch explorer Jan Karstensson, uh, who uh, found this mountain, uh, who... who and of course, the native people knew that it was there, but he, but this Dutch explorer, found it in 1623, um, and this was unverified for two centuries. Oh God! Jan Karstensen came back to the Netherlands. It's like, guys, you never believed this. This I found this mountain. It's so crazy. Uh, and they're they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um. And one of the biggest reasons why nobody believed him was he said that this mountain had snow on it, but uh, the but but it was at four degrees south latitude. So it's like there's no way a mountain has snow that close to the equator, right? But sure enough, it did. So Jan Jan <laughs> Karstensen uh, is laughing from his grave now. He's like, "Oh, in your face." No time for a smoke and a pancake. Oh. <laughs> Shuck it. <laughs> so if we're including Indonesia, Oceania, uh, it would be uh, Punkak Jaya. Or if we're strictly going Australia, Straya, uh, this will be Mount Kosciuszko, 
uh, named by the explorer, by the Polish explorer uh, Paul Edmund Streslecki, in honor of a freedom fighter, General Tadeusz Kosciuszko, uh, in 1840. Um, some of the local names, some of the Aboriginal names, um, uh, include things like John Gungal, Jar John Gill, Targ Gongil, or Takingal. Um, and all of those in the various dialects and the various languages of the Aboriginal people of Australia mean the, bo the, the Bogong moth. So it, the, the mountain is named for this moth that kind of hangs out oh. there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So kind of cool, kind of cool. Um, and huh. I, again, I, I found this super hilarious. Um, apparently in 2019, so just a few years ago, there was a group that came together uh, and they say like, no, we're not going to keep this mountain named after some Polish freedom fighter. Um, we we want to change it to better reflect uh, Aboriginal heritage and culture here in, in Australia. So we're, we are petitioning to rename this mountain Kunama na, na, Namadgi, Kunama ma, Namadgi, uh, a.k.a. Snow Mountain. Okay. However... Uh, the people to whom they were petitioning said, no way, get out of here. This is stupid. Um, because in some Aboriginal languages, Nuna Kunama means feces. So we're not calling this shit mountain. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. And so I, 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 as far as I can tell to this day, it is still Mount Koskiescu, which is not that much easier to say, at least for poor anglophile or anglophone me um anyway so this mountain is also quite a bit shorter uh than punkak jaya uh, this comes in at 2228 meters 7310 feet tall uh 1.38 miles um <laughs> not quite <laughs> not quite more than half <laughs> more than half as tall um and this was first summited in 1846 but there was some initial confusion uh because there's nearby and smaller mount townsend and so there was confused some confusion like well wait did i climb this one or did i climb mount townsend but yeah it, it was verified that this was first climbed in uh, 1846 so depending again depending on how you slice it up those are the seven summits or the eight or nine summits that you could arguably make are the tallest mountain peaks um for each for, for each continent oh, uh, yeah. and yeah richard bass as i mentioned was the first one to summit all of these mountains and he finished i i, I should have checked what order he went in but he finished his final climb april 30th 1995 uh, and now he says it's almost cliche like it's the everest industry thing um a lot of these mountains while not the tallest well while they are the tallest are not the most technical climbs um and so yeah, it's just sort of like a yeah, like it's cool, it's great and all, but it's it's maybe not it doesn't necessarily show the mark of like the the greatest most experienced mountaineer. Um some right. other versions go instead of by like the political map continents go by continental plates. Uh and so if we went with that, we would add uh Mauna Kea as part of the Pacific plate, which Okay. That's yeah. like 14,000. I think that's like a 14,000 footer. And again, like an island. It's like an island. Um, yeah. In Hawaii. Um, and it would take Mount Elbrus off 
and make Everest the highest mountain of the Eurasian plate. So that's another one. Um, there's also, there's, there's the seven summit. There's also the seven second summits, which is the second tallest mountain peak. And that's supposed to be harder and more technical, even though the elevation's shorter. Um, there's a seven third summits and a volcanic seven summits, but that's just, that's just getting, that's just getting way too, that's just getting silly now. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, yeah, 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 but have you done the seven tenth summits <laughs> what have you done that so so yeah it all, all that is to say that damn it we love climbing mountains even if that kills hundreds of us <laughs> yeah because that's what we do because we literally do, humans todd howard cracked the code when he said you see that mountain over there you can climb it and he <laughs> like yeah and people lost their shit for skyrim they're like whoa <laughs> because it signaled the first time when I no longer had to look out like hatefully at Blanca and mm-hmm. I could just like, <laughs> you know, climb Bleak Falls Barrow Peak again. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come at me, Tenzin. Yeah, you summited Everest, but I made it up the 7,000 steps and jumped over the frost troll. Did you, dog? I don't think so. So. I so I so okay. I, I guess I should also give I should give some credit where credits due. So the seven second summits are K two, K two, Ojos del Salado, uh, Mount Logan, uh, Dick Tau, which is awesome, <laughs> uh, Mount Kenya, Mount Tyree in Antarctica, and again depending on how you. Uh, chalk it up either Punkank Mandala in Indonesia or Mount Townsend in, in Australia. Uh, and Chris and uh, an Austrian named Christian or Christian Stengel first climbed um, the seven second summits uh, only in 2013. So again, like take that for what you for for how you will take take that how you will. Uh, but yeah, yeah, maybe the seven second summits is like the real more challenging one um but yeah there you go right on um hey i i know you're ready to move on but before you do that yeah give me the name of the mountain in australia oh uh, yeah yeah so it's mount uh uh, k-o-s-c-i-u-s-z-k-o koshiesko okay so yeah that's cool um yeah it's um kosciuszko Oh, yeah. It, oh, you're okay. not saying it Australian enough. Yeah, Kosciuszko. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, that was that's my problem. I'm trying to do. Oh, see, see, look, man. Look, like even, even like without with with zero prep, your your geomancy uh, still still comes to bear. It's like, oh, do not cite the mountain peak names to me. I was there when it was carved out of the. Well, I, I don't know what, what how this one was. This is probably a fold. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> oh, perfect. No, man. Oh, this is great. Uh, well, I I think I'm ready for my second silver bullet. Well, well I, I guess it's not Coors Light. It's, it's Coors Banquet. But, um, yeah, right on. But, but yeah, uh, are you sticking with the Kolsch or doing doing something else? or? Uh, Labatt Blue, Canadian Pills. Oh, oh, I'm no, switching fair. them off interchangeably, so. Okay, no, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Double fisting. Um, I was going to say real quick, though, it's kind of mm-hmm. cool that um, Kosciuszko, the only reason that I know it, is do you know the story of the man from Snowy River? It was a movie I bet your mom loved to watch oh, about an yeah. Australian horseman. 
Yeah. Um, but he was legendarily from um, Snowy River, which came out of Kosciuszko Mountain. Oh, man. That's... And it said that, like, he was, like, the greatest horseman in, or the greatest horse rider in all of Australia. Um, there was a really, it was a really famous uh, horse that got out of the old Regret Ranch. And so the man from Snowy River with a bunch of other guys, with a bunch of other horsemen, uh, they went up into the this mountain range and found this horse and pulled it back. And it was, it was it's a cool deal. It's like an Australian, I got really into Australian, um, like bush ballads a couple years that's ago so and that's the only cool. reason i know about it but yeah it's pretty neat <laughs> no that's awesome well but also right but that's just it too right i think not only are they like physically impressive to look at mountains but they do like they breed they breed a certain type of person uh certain certain like hardy hardy type of man and woman for that matter lest we conan the sumerian is bred in the gloomy mountains of the yeah like yeah, of the I mean, north yeah well, and and uh well, okay, so we're already like past the halfway point and looking at my notes, I, I'm i going to finish what we kind of have now, but we're definitely going to come back for part two because part two, what I what I want to also get into is like, okay, so part one is going to be kind of like the science-y, like real stuff, quote unquote real stuff. Part two, I definitely want to get into like the mythology and like, yeah, like I, I was joking before about placing your holy site next to mountains. But like, there are so many sacred mountains. Like, yes. So, so I, so I think that's going to be part two. And, and that, that, that can give you some time too, if you want to prep some stuff for like, hell yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pick these four sacred mountains and you pick those four and we can go, or, well, and then also like stories and stuff like that too. But okay, well, we'll, we'll finish. <laughs> we are going to read all I'm of H.P. Getting... Lovecraft's At the Mountains of oh Madness. Oh God. I'm getting. <laughs> We're gonna be here for six and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna fly up to Columbus. You're gonna beat me to death, and then we're gonna <laughs> record this deal, and it'll be great. I am. I am getting big horned up for mountains. <laughs> if I can make a terrible pun, um, <laughs> but uh, okay. So, so yeah, the seven summits, seven second summits thirds volcanic whatever whatever um and yes everest is clearly the king at uh let me scroll back up here get it right eight thousand eight hundred forty nine meters uh twenty nine thousand feet five and a half miles um and in my research i was like well is is that the biggest one and, and i know like Man, you want to talk about unsolved mysteries. If 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 we thought the Hopkinsville goblins were were bad enough, um, yeah, like uh, what I discovered, the term is paleoevolution. Um, trying to like wind the time backwards and say like, well, how tall was this mountain? However many millions of years ago, like that's next to impossible. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 we're again because we're wizards and we're gonna at least sort of, if not peer into the abyss, kind of like point in its general direction. Um, but I found out in in my research that yes, most every scientist, most every geologist agrees that like, not only is Everest um, at or just about at the theoretical limit for like what is physically possible for a mountain to get get as high up given Earth's conditions. Um, it's actually stupid, and 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 you pointed it out. 
you pointed it out. So, so how how the Himalayas came to be like breaks breaks the game. You 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 think it's a bug, but it, but it breaks the game. So yes. most geo- and and again, feel feel free to jump in. Maybe this has come up before for you. Maybe something like that. But like the quote unquote sort of like upper bounds of given so so okay i i guess i'm kind of getting out out of order or getting ahead of myself there are several factors that govern how tall a mountain can get uh probably the most probably the most important is the planet body or the moon or whatever is its gravity um less gravity the taller the mountain can go the more gravity the shorter it can go before it just kind of like collapses in on the weight of itself Yep. Um, atmospheric conditions play a part as well with, again, yeah, kind of like weathering and erosion to an effect. Um, and, and of course, like what actually the mountain is composed of, what, what it's, what it's actual material is all, all that stuff. Cause again, you can only stack so much rock on top of rock before it crumbles or whatever. Um, right, right, right. And so the general rule of thumb, given the conditions on earth is like mountains should be about between 14 and 15,000 feet tall, which is like, look at the Rocky mountains and, and, and all the 14ers there. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Look at the Andes, right? Look at the Alps and all that. And yeah, why Everest and the Himalayas is just stupid. Like I said is, well, yeah, like I mentioned before, it's it's two it's those two plates sitting on top of each other. It's the Eurasian plate sitting on top of the Indian plate. Mm-hmm. So it's two times that. We'll take fourteen thousand times two. You get twenty eight thousand, and that's about what Everest is. So it's they cheated. Yeah, yeah like, like, like it did. It, it cheated. Like you should you shouldn't be able to do that. There's but an yeah, asterisk. Yeah, there 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 is an asterisk. It's it's the two kids in one trench coat going to see a rated r movie that that's <laughs> Everest. <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> um, i was seeing some and again this is next to impossible to, to wind the, the the clock back i was seeing some and again all all the asterisks there are some suggestions that maybe uh the scandinavian mountains could have could have been could have at one point rivaled Everest or even been taller, maybe even like around ten thousand meters, ten really? kilometers. But you look at them now, and they they're they're currently like a quarter of that height. Um, the the yeah the tallest peaks in the Scandinavian mountains are like two thousand four hundred sixty nine meters. Nice. Yeah. Or one and or one and a half miles. Um. So again, I, oh. I I don't know. Um, the the only other thing that I'll, that I'll kind of throw out there, and and, and this kind of came up in our dinosaurs episode. Um, so like my my sense of like scale of time, I think is more developed than most because again, I deal a lot with like classical Greece, but also going even back into like prehistory and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah getting into like. And then with the dinosaurs episode, I was like, look, anything past, I don't know, like 10,000 uh, <laughs> BCE, I'm, I'm just clueless about. 
But then we're last getting... glacial maximum is kind of your limit. Yeah, exa- that's yeah, and, and even that's pushing it. But then once we Which, get to but, like, okay, but also that's very fair. Like, yeah, so I mean, so, most yeah, humans like, even... don't understand that, like, you know, Jesus has been coming back now for two thousand right. years. Like, right, right, right. You know, yeah. And and again, and I even say that like I have an above average kind of appreciation for for time scales here. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. In our dinosaur episodes, I I, I, I episode I, again, I was like, I have no, I'm just I'm just stupefied by all this. And then when you get into a geological time scale, just forget it, man. Um, but oh, it's gross. It's yeah, so it, gross. It it's so gross. Um, and so I I only mentioned that to to talk about other sort of like maybe were there other potential mountain ranges at some point that rivaled Everest. Maybe some of these Ooh. Scandinavian mountains. Uh, okay. And these were formed during the Caledonian orogeny. Mm-hmm. Do, did you have a rough idea about how long ago that, that is? Or Oh, no, I, no, not at <laughs> all. Me, Sorry. I, I, no, no, it's okay. I thought I, I thought I had it written down in my notes, but let me, thanks to the old duck, duck, go here. Um, the Caledonian orogeny encompass events that occurred from the Ordovician to early Devonian, roughly 420 million, 490 to 390 million years ago. There you go. So that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, but then also, so not our beloved Rocky Mountains, but the other famous mountain range in these United States, uh, the Appalachians. Yeah. Some people suggest, hey, maybe the Appalachians at some point were also super, super tall. Um, well, they're uh, super, super old. Yeah, like... Cause, yeah, because they're super old. So the Blue Ridge Mountains, for instance, were formed during the Silurian period, which is about 445 million years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would have been as tall as the Alps during that time. But they are clearly not as tall as the Alps now. So... Again, I, I I thought I was gonna find some stuff there about like old mountains and prehistory, but we just don't know. Like, there's just so much. How can you even imagine what that would be like? Uh, almost half a billion years ago, you know. Like, so hey, you live and you learn, and then you get into the yeah. Caledonian orogeny, and your brain melts through your ears thinking about that scale of time. <laughs> What bother? What what amazes me? I mean, yeah, the scale, but then too, just like, yeah, about four hundred, you know, thirty million years ago, was when these would have been like new and pert and fresh. And then like to get uh, what is it? Um, Acadia in Maine is like a thousand feet tall, I think. Yeah, I think something like that. Mm-hmm. And like that's part of that whole like, you know, that whole that's part of you know a super old range, and it's like. <laughs> you know, so not only were these mountains maybe rivaling the Himalayas, maybe we don't know, but now they're not, and they've existed so long that they have, like, risen and fallen. Yeah. And man. we're oh, getting to see, not even, like, the tail end. These mountains are in, like, retirement age. These mountains are about to go devote their time to climbing mountains and skiing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah they're, yeah, they're going to have to move to the mountains, uh... For, for for that fresh mountain air to help dry out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, mountain the White Cliffs of Dover, which I wouldn't count as a mountain, but, like, I would because it is a mountain in its own right. Right. Mm-hmm. That shit is crazy old, and it's it's made of dead shit. Like, it's an entire mountain made of yeah. dead shit. Like, yeah. It's, 
like oh, dead shit compacted and compressed and like I really wish we had the linear time machine from Futurama just so I could watch it a couple dozen times and just like cry and masturbate and cry and get existential dread and then get bored with it on the sixth way around and then like on the eighth trip just like cry ugly tears watching like the Andes be made like do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. It is. It's it's just yeah, like one the fact that we can say anything intelligible at all about these about these things that are again half a billion years old uh, is just incredible. But but also yeah, that like like there's a reason why there's a reason why like and now we're gonna go down the like fantasy route for a little bit like mountains are associated with uh, uh mines and dwarves and gnomes and trolls and like excavating the treasures out from the depths of the earth because yeah that's what they goddamn do um it's it's when when a tectonic plate gets shit gets uplifted and you see those all of those layers and yeah, uh, the like precious metals and stuff oh my god it's incredible it's incredible there are there are um uh, 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 Cambrian fossils, uh, sea fossils in the rock in Mount. You can find trilobites up on Mount Everest. Like, yeah, it's just the uplift from from goddamn ocean rock from mm-hmm. four hundred twenty million years ago gets then uplifted. To, what twenty nine thousand feet? Like, uh, it yeah. hurts my head. It's a, it's so cool. Well, and sorry, no, I'm no, getting okay. horned up now. I apologize. No, I I'm absolutely here for it. Um, and, and that was the other kind of funny thing too, right? Like, okay, I already I made the joke about both the Holy Site District and the Campus District and Sacred Mountains. We we're coming back for Sacred Mountains, but then yeah, you wonder why. Well, wait, this wouldn't make any sense. Why would why would my campus get extra signs being next to mountains? Well, it's because one, uh, the like. Uh, less dense mountain air. Of course, you can put an uh, uh, observatory there and like get a better view of mm-hmm. the night sky. Two, yeah, there's all this uplift that produces that that you get to. Okay, all right, uh, we got to move on. We, we got to move on because because we're both. No, no. Here. What's up? What's up? What's up? I like where you're going. No, it's just it's just yeah, w- like there there's the record that is literally the record of our planet's history. That we get to yeah. look at, and we get to like poke and prod, and um, yeah, it's just man, it's just incredible. I have shown you fossils that I pulled off of um, Levita Pass, right? Yeah, <coughs> like and it's and just it's that shit right, right there. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's all just right there, and 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 of course, there's also the metaphorical, spiritual. Oh no, you have to climb to the highest peak to get the best view, but that's also technically true as well <laughs> like you get a better appreciation not only is the journey difficult the journey up the mountain is difficult <laughs> but also yeah you get an appreciation for what it is and what you can see and where you've come from and you see the star okay all right um now i'm gonna start crying and masturbating <laughs> you're fine that's where i'm at like and then by the same token, I'm reminded of Lovecraft's The uh, Other Gods, and it talks about, like, the two guys, like, want to meet the gods, so they mm-hmm. climb the highest mountain, um, and then the gods get mad and blast the one dude in the sky, mm-hmm. and then retreat on airships, and that's why, and that's the story of why the gods left Earth. Like, how many gods live on a ma- live on mountains and not just the Greeks? Like, yeah. 
Ooh, yeah. okay. So we we will be coming back. Maybe I'm jumping the gun there with that. No, statement. no, 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 I'm no, sorry, no. Perfect. But... No, that's perfect. We will be coming back uh, and talking about living on mountains. But I also want to give some shout outs to some other mountains, uh, and I'll be maybe a little less geocentric, a little less ge- geo supremist. Um, oh, 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 oh. But let's let because man, oh baby, are there some are there some mountains in this solar system of ours? Um, <laughs> Mark, what's the biggest mountain in our solar system? What's the tallest mountain uh, in our solar system? Is it Olympus Mons on Mars? It is. Many people will hold, and, and and maybe there's a contender, but many people will hold that Olympus Mons on Mars is in fact the largest mountain that we have in the solar system. Um, and a minute ago, right, I was talking about some of the limiting factors about what 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 will cap a mountain height. Uh, things mm-hmm. like gravity, things like atmospheric density. Well, hey, Mars uh, has about um, uh, 60% of Earth gravity, if I remember that right. It has okay. almost no atmosphere. It's like 1% of the atmosphere uh, that we have here. Uh, and there's also another very kind of uh, distinct uh, physical characteristic of Mars that helps make Olympic Mons, Mons the, the gigantic mountain that it is. Uh, so Olympus Mons is... 21,900 meters, 22 kilometers, uh, 13.6 miles above, uh, quote unquote, the datum, which is the kind of sort of equivalent of sea level. That's like the like, uh, and, and like I, I said this too, like using sea level to come to like for, for elevation does make a lot of sense, especially when you get to things like mars that doesn't have a sea or the moon right or the earth in 50 years when global warming really ticks off like everest isn't going to be as tall because the sea level's risen 200 anyway anyway um <laughs> but for our intent for, for, for our intents and purposes yeah we can call it um yeah uh, uh 13.6 miles above sea level 21,200 uh, nine hundred meters um but it actually even has a bigger relief because the area where it's located is actually kind of like generally lower. So at the base, it's actually 26 kilometers, 26,000 meters higher than like at its base because it's, it's where it is. It's just in sort of a more depressed area compared to the average elevation, whatever, whatever. So mm-hmm. it's about so it's about sixteen miles in relief in prominence uh, compared to where it is, which is just stupid. Um, <laughs> um, Olympus Mons is a volcanic mountain. It's a shield volcano. Uh, again, like what you see, like the same kind of process that makes the Hawaiian Islands. Um, mm-hmm. uh, its last eruption uh, was twenty five million years ago. And Olympus, uh. yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> I, um, and Olympus Mons has at least six distinct calderas. Uh, oh wow, Mark, what's a what's a caldera? Uh, it's the inner ring of the volcano. Yeah, right. So there's like yeah. the ma- there's the magma chamber. This is kind of like bubble where the magma is, and then everyone yeah. and then every once in a while, when the pressure. Uh, get gets lower, or if it spews out enough magma, it kind of collapses, and yeah, and it makes that kind of crater, a kind of volcanic crater yeah. shape. So yeah, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. six wow. distinct calderas. Um, 
the the uh, the the area, the circumference of Olympus Mons, is about the same size as Poland. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. It's about the same size as Poland. <laughs> Listeners, I hope you like the new head exploding sound effect I made for this episode. Because we're using it a lot tonight, I yeah. think. Right, exactly. <laughs> what um, the fuck is... Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, as... Uh, it's, so... it's as big as Poland. Yes, it's, it's about as big as Poland. <laughs> um, and, and it... Wow. And it has a relatively gentle slope of about 5%. So it's like 5% grade. Um, which when I, uh, get on the treadmill at my local orange theory fitness to get my high intensity interval training, that's like a solid power walking, uh, percentage. Yep. Uh, so yeah. So, okay. A couple reasons why this is so large. Uh, so, okay. Okay. So one, of course, gravity being lower Two, uh, atmosphere being lower. So that, so there's, uh, markedly less erosion. But the mm-hmm, biggest mm-hmm. thing, the biggest thing is that Mars no longer has any tectonic activity. So, oh, yeah. That's, yeah. So the Hawaiian Islands are in that line because the plate keeps shifting. And so the, um, uh, not the spout, what is that called? The vent? The vent? Yeah, yeah. The vent stays put underneath, but the plate on top moves. And so it just kind of dot, 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 dots. But because Mars doesn't have tectonic activity, that same vent is in the same spot. So it just gets to build and build and build on, on its same self. Um, and, so, and so that's why. That's why this thing is enormous. Um, if you were to stand... And one day, Elon Musk is going to take us there, whether we want to or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. But when... If a person were to stand uh, on the summit of Olympus Mons, um, and it would take you the time to walk halfway into Poland to get up there. <laughs> but it'd only take half that because 60% gravity. Yeah, and that's true. That's we're, true. We're effectively like Goku strength, so. Yeah, that, that is true. Um, if you were to stand on the summit um, of Olympus Mons, uh, you would see the base extend only three kilometers short of the horizon. This mountain almost, the, the, yeah, this mountain almost goes to the horror, horror horizon there, um, which is stupid. Ugh. Just stupid. Ugh, gross. Ugh. Um, on the other hand, so be, be, before you make that trek up, when you're standing at the base and you're looking up to the top, you couldn't see... Uh, like, so, okay, so logic tells you you should be able to see half of Olympus Mons because you're on one side of it. No, you yes. can't, you, you can't see the entire profile of Olympus Mons. It's that goddamn big. Um, <laughs> it, it, like, wow. it like warps around. So yeah, uh, Olympus Mons, absolutely stupid. Um, and yeah, the tallest <laughs> mountain in our solar system. Um, there are also on Mars, however, there are five other mountains that are also taller than Everest, just on Mars. Um, okay. The next highest is, uh, Ascreus Mons at 18.2 kilometers, um, 11.3 miles. Third is Arcea Mons at, uh, 17.8 kilometers, 11 miles. 
Fourth is Pavonis Mons at 14.3 kilometers, uh, 8.9 miles. And the fifth highest mountain uh, that is just still above um, Everest is Elysium Mons at uh, 13.9 kilometers, 8.6 miles. So there are five mountains on Mars that are all taller than Everest. Um, But but again, that's not even necessarily the only one. uh, I hope and, and I believe I've seen that there, there's there's more interest and more missions being devoted to this. Um, uh, Venus. Venus has yes. Maxwell Montes, which is roughly 11 kilometers, 6.8 miles elevation. Um, this uh, mountain was first discovered in 1967 using radar measurements from the Arecibo Mountain, or excuse me, the Arecibo Radio Telescope in Puerto Rico. Um, and it's named Maxwell Montes after James Clerk Maxwell, who predicted the existence of radio waves. So we're using radio technology to make a radio telescope. We discovered this mountain. We named it after the dude. Uh, so that's, that's okay. pretty sweet. Uh, we had later confirmation... Uh, and later observation by the 1978 space probe Pioneer Venus 1. So, again, I, I, I hope. I, I hope that we get more missions to Venus uh, to understand that planet more. Because, ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Did uh, you see that deal just recently? And, and they're pretty sure they saw uh, Venus volcanism, like, actively? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I yeah. I remember, like, yeah, kind of skimming skimming past that or something like that. Um. Uh, well, okay, so also, Mark, you you know, uh, there in Colorado, uh, we talked about this with Denali and some other places. Um, when you're ascending up a mountain, uh, temperatures drop and atmospheric pressure decreases, right? Mm-hmm. Things get colder, the, the, the air gets thinner. So Maxwell Montes is the coldest and the lowest pressurized area on Venus, um, really? Yeah. Uh, it, it's a it's a chilly, it's a frigid 380 degrees Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <coughs> AKA 716 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> um, and the atmospheric pressure there is 45 bar or 44 atmospheres. So it's 44 times as much air pressure than we experience at sea level. <laughs> Jesus. Venus is stupid. Uh, it is so cold that it has, that we, it may have a metallic snow of pyrite, tellurium, lead sulfide, and or bismuth sulfide. So maybe that's the snow that <laughs> comes down on Maxwell Montes on Venus. <laughs> So you're telling me we're probably not going to climb that one. We're, not, not unless, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to need quite a bit more help uh, than some extra oxygen tanks and a uh, Sherpa guide. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to need a Vesuvian guide. <laughs> Bismuth and you said pyrite, right? Yeah, so it there there's potentially a fool's metallic gold. snow. Yeah, pyrite, tellurium. Fool, there is a a fool's gold snow going yeah. on. It's yeah. <laughs> God, talk about Aeolian fucking weathering, man. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. And instead of green boots, 
having failed to, to climb this mountain and falling, it would be, what would that be? I don't know. No boots. Nothing. No, yeah, no You're boots. gone. You've been, <laughs> you've been removed by the scouring fool's gold <laughs> blizzard. <laughs> um, okay, so there. Okay, so one other, one other um, uh, uh, solar system mountain that. Well, okay, there, there's a couple I'll kind of spit off through, and we can queue up the. But one other one that I want to take a little more time and linger on, uh, and also big asterisks with this one, um, is Rhea Silvia on the asteroid Vesta in the asteroid belt. Okay. Uh, so Vesta, this asteroid, um, has an average diameter of 525 kilometers, about 330 miles. That's that's roughly the size we're looking at. You know, uh, what would that be? Like, so like, I'm pretty sure Colorado, the state of Colorado, is like 340 some miles tall, something like that, north to south, something like that. So... That's okay, kind. Of, that's okay. asteroid. That's kind of what we're looking at. Um, there is an impact crater that is five hundred five kilometers. So, like, there's an impact crater that is ninety percent of its diameter. What? There's this huge explosion, and so, and so, how impact craters work is whatever thing comes in and it smacks and it creates the big impression, right? The big crater, the yeah. big bowl. Then the force travels through to the other side of the body of the planet, of the asteroid, of the moon, whatever. It travels through to the other side, and then it echoes back up. It bounces back up, and then you get a peak in the middle of the crater. Because the force goes all the way through, and then it comes back up, and then it pushes material up. And then there's a peak. There's a peak in a lot of these craters. Yeah, um, asteroid exit wound. We talked about it in dinosaurs, I want to say. Yeah. I believe so. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And so in this impact crater, Rhea Silvia, this peak rises, and we need to take some closer measurements, it rises between 20 to 25 kilometers from the base. So 12 to 16 miles, which is about the same as Olympus Mons. Okay. And this uh, impact crater rebounded peak has a diameter of about 200 kilometers, 120 miles. And so here's where, again, it, does this count as a mountain? Because it's not volcanism. Yeah. It's not tectonic plates. I tend to agree. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it could. And so depending on d- depending on how you measure it. So because it's in, in this basin of a crater and then it shoots all the way back up, Rhea Silvia could, could be even taller than um, uh, Olympus Mons. God, we need more. We, we need to send a mission there to, to measure it a little more. Um, yeah, it's also worth mentioning that uh, the gravitational uh, effect on Vesta, Vesta's gravity is about 0.25% that of Earth. So you could you could probably jump up there. <laughs> you could probably go at the base, do a stand, standing broad jump and make it all the way to the top. <laughs> that would be fun. Let's go do that. Let's go do that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, and so then also just very quickly, um, so those are, yeah, some of the planets and planetoids. Let's talk about moons because moons have mountains. Mountains on the moon. Moon-tins. Um, 
<laughs> uh, sorry, I know, stupid, stupid. Not stupid. at all. I love this so damn much. This is great. No, this is. No, man. I again. I th- this was one. This is one that I kind of I've been wanting to do for a while. But um, but uh, okay. So um, uh, Saturn's moon Iapetus has an equatorial ridge. Like you 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 take a look at it, and it almost looks like like a like a walnut that got kind of like smooshed down. Um, and along its equator, there's a ridge that sticks out approximately 20 kilometers or 12 miles high. So there's a giant, like, hula hoop mountain all the way around Iapetus. Um, it's pretty, pretty sweet. Uh, the, uh, the Jovian moon, uh, uh, the Jupiter moon, uh, Io has... Boussale Montes, which is a tectonic mountain. So here's one that is a that is formed through tectonic means, uh, and this is about 18 kilometers or 11 miles tall. So again, the, these moons have much less gravity too. A lot of times they have um, a specious atmosphere, so these mountains shoot way up. Um, and our own moon, our own sweet blessed Luna, um, has Mons Huygens which is uh, 5.5 kilometers, or about 3.5 miles tall. Um, and that's the tallest peak, but it is not the highest elevation uh, on, on the moon. So it, it's, it's kind of the difference between something like a Mauna Kea, which is the tallest prominence, even though Everest is like the highest total on Earth. So like, uh, so, 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 the, so the tallest prominence is the Selenian Summit, which is uh, 10.8 kilometers or 6.7 miles above lunar mean surface elevation, whatever, whatever. Um, lunar sea level. Lunar sea level. Lunar sea level. <laughs> you might, you might uh, imagine it to be something like that. So, yeah. If there's anything cooler than mountains on planet Earth, uh Solar system mountains, just because it gets stupid. You get stupid big mountains. Or uh, asteroid impact crater mountains. Just, God bless. <laughs> yeah. That's... I wonder what's on Pluto. Oh, I, I, I was looking... Um, oh, I could... Okay, I might be able to pull it up real quick. Oh, hell yeah. So I didn't, um, like, just throw a wrench in you. I just, no, 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 no. I was no. thinking about it, like, small planet, no atmosphere, zero gravity, like... Yeah, I bet you Pluto could get some bangers. No, oh, no, yeah, I and I almost had it. Um, I almost had this pulled up. Uh, okay, but 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 but. Thank you, Wikipedia page. Uh, Pluto has. Oh, this is this is brilliant. This has Tenzing Montes, named for Sherpa guide Tenzing. Hell yeah. Um, this is tectonic, uh, and it has an elevation, a base to peak height. Of about six point two kilometers, three point nine miles. Okay. Um, and it is composed of water ice, named after, of course, Tenzing Norgay, um, the Sherpa guide. Uh, so it's a glacier. It's not even a mountain. It's a goddamn glacier. Yeah, uh, yeah. Our icy mountains near the Hillary Montes. So hey, there you go. There's the Hillary Montes, and and and, and good on Tenzing Norgay for having the tallest one uh, named after. Oh after. yeah. Um. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, it's, there's a, uh, several massifs within Tenzing Montes reach elevation of more than four kilometers above the surrounding terrain. Uh, yeah, and it says, yeah, I think water ice 
it says icy mountains. I don't know if that's water ice or if that's uh, nitrogen. That's nitrogen ice. Um, yeah. But yeah, hell yeah, dude. Okay, so yeah, still, but still pretty. I mean, compared to some of these guys, um, six point two kilometers. It's also Pluto. Like what? It's, it's as big as Pluto. Australia. Like You're scale right. that shit up. Like that might as well be the Olympus Mons on Pluto. Like right? Yeah, yeah. yeah compare. Ooh, that, that'd be a good one. Like comparatively, uh, I would have to do some math for that. But no, that that's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. So okay, so out of all of these ones, or maybe some other ones, like if if if, if you got one uh, Elon Musk SpaceX ticket to go climb one of these uh, extraterrestrial mountains. Uh, and we can fit you out with a spacesuit to go to Venus or Mars or whatever. Like, you don't have to worry about temperatures or atmospheric pressure. Are there any one of these that, like, you're really especially excited to be the first person to summit? Or what do you think? So given what I know about, you know, all of these, and then also just, you know, basic mineralogy... Um, Venus, I bet you Venusian Alpenglow oh is goddamn God, beautiful oh, with a, be like, bismuth slash fool's gold-based snowstorm kind of with... Cause, that would like, be sick. That'd be super sick, yeah. I that's like just that. gonna reflect all that, like, sunlight, like, for the first, like, three seconds, before you realize you're on Venus and, like, oh, <laughs> sun is the only thing you're gonna see in the sky. But, like, right. just that, like, 30 seconds when, like, the sun rise on Venus and it hits the like blowing swirling bismuth crystals in the sky. Yeah, that's yeah. That is a good no, that is a good one. That that's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. Um yeah, I man, I'm I'm kind of torn between either Olympus Mons or that Rhea Silvia. Um just because yeah. I do I maybe even slightly the Rhea Silvia cuz I want to see how far I could just like jump up. Like because like maybe that's it. Like that'll be the next record. Is it's not like the first to get up there, or whatever. But it's like the fewest jumps uh, to get to the top of this impact crater <laughs> peak. <laughs> uh, for, yeah, first for set by Josh with the twenty twenty jumps, or I don't know whatever it is. But um. oh yeah. <laughs> Bring a case of beer with you, make an afternoon out of it. Like, yeah. All right, I made it in three. What do you got? All right, yeah. here we go. Fucking a. <laughs> Well, okay. hey, hey, Mark, you started the other end of the asteroid. You can't just oh, run see, around the circumference. Yeah, there we go. Fuck you, I can't. Like, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's a thing, right? Like mountaineering races. Like, I start over here. You start like twenty feet to my right, and then we both jump up the same time and try to make. <laughs> that'd be hell awesome. yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, okay, well, yeah, let's... do it on like Mars and like just watch you like grossly yeah. like long jump hurdler. <laughs> Vault across the Martian plateau. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> well, unless lest we be accused of being too fixated, like, oh well, what's all this talking about the tallest mountains on Earth and the tallest mountains of this? Are are you compensating for something? Well, Mark, what if we what if we talk about the smallest mountain, the smallest registered mountain? Um, okay. Do you have any? Do you have any guesses what this elevation and/or prominence for this smallest mountain would be? I want to say it's in Nebraska, and I want to say it's like a hundred feet, but I might be really, okay. really wrong. Okay. All right. So, the smallest quote-unquote official registered mountain um, is Mount Witcher Proof of Witcher Proof, 
Victoria State, Australia. Oh, okay. So okay. Australia. Uh, Mount Witcherproof clocks in at an adorable <laughs> 148 meters elevation. Oh, no. 42 meters prominence. So it's... <laughs> So it's 486 feet from sea level, um, and, but but it only it only sticks out compared to the local terrain. It only sticks out 138 feet. Mount Witcherproof. <laughs> um, there are annual races to the top, <laughs> but this is also yeah. cool. I found again, man, being a wizard, so stinking cool. There is a mineral that is that so far has only been found on this mountain. Right. So we were talking before about these mountains being registers and records of, you know, and, and like, so uh, this truly one of a kind, unique mineral is witcherproofite, as you could probably guess. Of course. Yeah. Uh, this is a pale pink, orish brown and translu- excuse me, and transparent, transparent compound of sodium, zirconium, aluminum, phosphorus, hydrogen and oxygen. And I was going to write down the chemical compound, but that would have been too, too confusing. So, hey, little tiny Mount Witcherproof has its own mineral that is found nowhere else in the world. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so cool. This sweet little baby mountain at 138 feet prominence. <laughs> Okay, so okay, so that's oh man. Okay, I so I think we have just enough time to get into this. Oh, it looks like calcite. Okay, right on. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I it is. It, it kind of kind of. I I'm, I'm not sure calcite we, citrine. I'm citrine. Jesus, Mark, come yeah. on now, no, asshole. Okay. Okay. <laughs> C uh, words. So okay. Oh, it is. Oh, it's pretty. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, no, it is. It, it's a pretty. It's a yeah. pretty thing. Um, uh, but so, yeah, and I think I don't know. Maybe we even. Found the same website that kind of goes into it, but yeah, why? Uh, yeah, W Y C H E P R O O F I T E, which proofite. Um, okay, well, I, I think we have just enough time in part one. We've talked about all sorts of these mountains and mountain climbing, and I was even hinting at some of the perils of mountain climbing, right? Like temperatures drop, yeah. um, atmospheric pressure drops, oxygen drops, your body physically. Your, your your basal metabolic rate, like the energy that you need just to like survive increases. So I, I want to take a little time, uh, the last bit part of the episode here, and talk about what it is to live on or near mountains. Because Mark, baby, that's where that's where you currently are. That's where I once was. Um, yeah, the valley floor is 7,500 feet, it's about a mile and a half above sea level. And then... Like I said, Blanca and all the other fourteeners. So, well, and also you just recently you've had some trips down to Hawaii. You've had some trips down to Saint Croix in the Caribbean, going literally down to sea level. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was competing on the track team, um, and granted, I was not a distance endurance runner because, especially altitude training, is beneficial specifically for distance events and endurance. Not so much like sprints or hurdles. Um, but our coaches would always try to schedule a good number of track meets at sea level because you get down there and you're a goddamn superhero, right? 
Yes. Like, it's like, oh, I don't have to share oxygen molecules with the rest of my neighborhood. This is amazing. I told you how much we, like, walked around St. Croix and just, like, with an almost broken foot. And I still, like, yeah, we, we're still humping, like, nothing. three miles a day on nothing. It was, like, 20 minutes. We're just like, ha we're here now. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah nothing. It's, it's, it was incredible. Like, I, uh, I specifically remember uh, my junior year going to, oh, well, hey, this is kind of funny. I didn't even imagine this to be. Uh, but uh, there's a big track meet in Mount San, Mount San Antonio College in California, Mount Sac. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's <okay>. sorry. <laughs> and so, yeah, so we fly in to LAX and we get a hotel and we find a little track, like like a local track to kind of do some, do a little workout, kind of get the kinks out and all that. And yeah, as I'm running, I'm like, what the shit? Like, I feel amazing. I don't have a headache. Um my my pores are loving this. Like, it's like, what the fuck is this? And no, like, you are you turn superhuman, having lived at at elevation and then going down um, to to sea level. Uh, but but basically, right? So yeah, the big thing I think is oxygen concentration. That's 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 the big yeah. one. Um, and so the way that atmospheric pressure works, what works is is, is it's not a linear. Um, uh, decrease, but it's a it's a, a exponential. So, oxygen uh, at sea level, the percent oxygen at at sea level is twenty one percent of the atmosphere. It's mostly nitrogen, oxygen twenty one. Um, that drops by about a fifth when you're at five thousand feet above sea level. So in Denver, Colorado. Instead of having 21% oxygen, it, it's effectively 17.3%. So Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, okay, I, I guess I kind of screwed, screwed a little bit up here. So, so I'm going to talk about sea level. I'm going to talk about roughly like mile high Denver, like, like 5,000 feet. And then I'm going to talk about uh, Cusco, Peru, which is about 11,000 feet, 12,000 feet. <laughs> Okay. So sea level is 21% oxygen. Denver, that drops by about a fifth to 17.3%. Uh, when you're in Peru, Cusco, that uh, you have about two-thirds effective sea level oxygen. It's 13.7%. Um, uh, temperature, if it's 72 degrees at sea level, it's 54 degrees in Denver, and it's 32 degrees uh-huh. Fahrenheit in Cusco. So it sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. So it goes from a sunny, balmy day at sea level to the freezing point of water. Uh, Well, and because atmospheric pressure is lower too, water boils faster. Uh, So that's, uh, uh, and and I talked about basal metabolic rate Um, compared to sea level, you'll see increases anywhere from six to 28%. So your body has to work six to 28% harder just to stay alive the same. Um, your breathing rate increases, your blood and muscle pH decreases, which means that your blood and your muscles become more acidic. Um, you have decreased, uh, efficiency, efficiency when you're digesting food and a combination of these and maybe some other, uh, uh, secret herbs and spices, um, lead to altitude sickness. 
Um, so acute altitude sickness includes symptoms like headache, nausea, vomiting, fatigue or weakness, insomnia, uh, peripheral edema, your hands and your feet start to swell, um, mm -hmm. nosebleeds, shortness of breath, and uh, rapid pulse. Um, I'll never forget this. I have a set of cousins that uh, they were living in uh, Virginia at the time. And it was winter break. And so they came up to visit the grandparents who live in Alamosa and visit us when we were in Alamosa. And one of my cousins brought his high school friend. Um, it was like, yeah, it'll be neat. We'll go to Wolf Creek. We'll do some skiing. It'll be great. And, and, and this friend of my cousin lived at sea level his entire life. And this guy had the worst time. Um, he oh, got he got guy. altitude sickness so bad. He was miserable. I, I don't even think he made it up to Wolf Creek. Because Wolf Creek's what, like 12,000? Oh, man. 13,000, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, he, I don't even think he made it up there. Or maybe he did like in the morning and then was just miserable and so sat in the lodge and tried to drink hot cocoa. Um, but yeah, this poor guy, he, he had all of that. Oh, shit. And it was almost like, do we need to take this goddamn kid to the hospital? But... Uh, uh, so, so yeah, I, and, and I'll even admit, so I've been in Columbus now for six, almost, I'll, I'll be starting my seventh year here in Columbus. And yeah, the times where I journey back to go see friends and family in Colorado, I, I hate to admit it, but I do, I get the shortness of breath. My nose like immediately dries out and I'm like, son of a bitch, you weak ass <laughs> pansy <laughs> soft little man look at you you used to be a god <laughs> now you're like oh i guess i better drink some more water while i'm here <laughs> for whatever it's worth a couple of years ago we were going from god where were we i don't even know we had we were in leadville for some reason oh yeah and Ooh, we're okay. taking the high road up and over leadville and leadville is about what elevation just to help our listeners it's like almost shy of thirteen thousand. It's it's right up there. It's like twelve thousand eight hundred yeah. something. It's crazy high. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're coming up and over, and like exactly what you're talking about. Like ten minutes into the drive up this pass, like um, shortness of breath. I can't see. Like mm -hmm. my, I couldn't pick out like what the snow. It had snowed recently, and I couldn't determine the snow from the sky. And I, I was tripping balls. I had, we had to like pull over and like, I got super sick in the Safeway up in Leadville. Yeah, like, I know that's I'm just like, I'm just like screaming at him. And I'm like, we, we gotta pull over. What is wrong with you? We can't, we can't. And I'm just like puking and I'm like a wreck and mm. I can't breathe at all. And she's like, what is wrong? She's like, we have got to get off this goddamn mountain. And it was like maybe 40 minutes of it. Like, yeah. Really nothing at all. So I, I am with you, buddy. I am a weak soft boy too, and I live right below this shit. Like, well, but 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 even apparently then, like, one point five miles is just fine. But like, you know, two point five. Oh no no no! It'll kill all Mars. Well, like, well, yeah, because it's because it's exponential. Because it's exactly it's exponential. Well, and there's even so, uh, I think it's even um, I think it's eight kilometers. It's like eight kilometers, about five miles above sea level, is what people call quote unquote the dead zone where okay humans can't live like your body cannot function um without yeah without having things like oxygen and uh, stuff like that and mount everest is about nine thousand uh it, it yeah. is about nine kilometers so yeah so there, there's a reason you can't you can't just go up there um in your uh 
lederhosen with a good walking stick. Like no, like you need like like you need <laughs> you need some good you need some actual. <laughs> Uh, extreme altitude changes can even worsen into uh, pulmonary edema where you get fluid in your lungs uh, uh-huh. and even cerebral edema, swelling in the brain, both of which can be fatal if you are too yep. far up and you haven't acclimated. Uh, so that's why it's important to you. This especially, I, I mean, of course, for, for mountaineering, yes, but even, even, yeah, going up to places like Colorado or Utah, some of the high mountain states, like yeah, you gotta you, you gotta take it easy those first couple of days. You don't want to overdo it. Um, and if yep. that and if that if that isn't all, um, when you're in high altitude, your cake, your cakes are going to come out dry and they're going to collapse, <laughs> and your cookies are going to yes. spread too thin and they're going to be too tough. So high altitude baking is a thing too. <laughs> I am so afraid of like. <coughs> This 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 fall when I like actually do pack up and move to Maine and like have to learn how to recook. No, it's a thing. Oh my god! So uh, this was a Christmas. I don't know, maybe 10, 10 years ago, something like that. My my dad got me and my brother, and I think I think one of our sisters too. He he got us like legitimate high altitude baking uh, cookbooks from Colorado State University, like legit ag school uh, land grants. Oh, nice. Like yeah, and it was it was like God, that was my lifeblood. And then, yeah, moving down here uh, to Columbus, which is, I, th- uh, I think it's like 900 to 1,000 feet elevation, oh, something like that. It oh, is. It's like, well, what? <laughs> it's, it's stupid. Well, and like water, like when you put on a pot of water to boil to make spaghetti or whatever, like it actually is still there. Like a third of it doesn't evaporate <laughs> just off the bat. <laughs> Um, can, so, can you cook potatoes in like 10 minutes, right? It's like, stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid. Uh, yeah. So, okay. But, but even with, even with all of those difficulties and, and hardships, um, there's about 82 million people worldwide that live at elevations above two and a half kilometers, uh, 82,000 feet one and a half miles. Um, so there's yes, a, there's 82 million people that live at these high altitudes and have acclimated to these conditions. Um, so, wow. yeah, people who live in Tibet and Nepal, for instance, in the Andes, in South America, um, their, their physiology has changed. They have uh, an enlarged lung volume. Their lungs are just physically bigger compared to the rest of the body. Uh-huh. Um, they're, they have, uh, increased c- cerebral blood flow. Um, they have elevated resting ventilation. Uh, so you just, your, your breath rate is faster, uh, compared to some, uh, soft handed <laughs> person who lives on the coast. Um, they have lower hemoglobin concentration at lower altitudes. They literally need fewer blood cells at lower al- altitudes. Um, Jesus. They have a lower mortality rate from cardiovascular disease. Uh, there's an because in- they gotta work harder. Like. Yeah, there's oh yeah. Uh, there, there's an inverse correlation between uh, the altitude that you live and obesity rates. There's a reason why Colorado is one of the leanest states, if not the leanest state in the U.S. Um, uh, but curiously enough, um, there's a positive correlation between altitude and rates of suicide. So, 
And there's a how much? There's there's a positive correlation. So the oh, okay. so the okay. higher altitude you live at, the greater the, the higher rate of suicide. And nobody really knows why. Nobody knows. <laughs> it's easy, dude, because you're a better, like, stronger human. So like the world can't kill you, so it falls on your shoulders and do it yourself. That's Make really, the purest form of, like, humanity there is. You're just like, nah, fuck it, I'm good. And you just go run off the nearest cliff. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um, and so it so it takes about four days to acclimatize. So if you're coming up from lower elevation to higher elevation, it takes, takes about like that. Um, uh, you, will, you will have, again, man, just like poly to human body. Uh, also like as much as like things can go wrong and like your body ends up like yeah like actively trying to kill itself like man the human body can adapt um so when you are at um higher elevation uh your body will have lower lactate production uh you'll you'll have a decreased plasma volume and increased uh hematocrit and red blood cell count uh or yeah or, or red red blood cell mass in your blood so your blood changes its composition to adjust um, because you're trying to get more oxygen up into your right, shit right 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah you will have higher concentrations of capillaries in skeletal muscle tissue you will g- grow more blood vessels <laughs> more capillaries that makes sense yeah you, yeah yeah okay. uh, you'll have uh, increased myoglobin and mitochondria and you will have right ventricular hypertrophy your right ventricle in your heart will physically grow and get stronger just because really yeah because it's pumping all that blood so if i remember correctly blood comes into the right atrium it goes from to the right ventricle which goes to your lungs so it's so it's helping it's that part that pushes your blood to your lungs i'm pretty sure that's right then it comes into your left uh atrium and then it goes out in your left ventricle to the to your body i think that's how it goes something like that but yeah so you, okay. so your your heart muscle literally grows three sizes <laughs> two cardiologists yeah two cardiologists so yeah man and uh, okay and, and and yeah like i said i think i think we're gonna have to cut it here because yeah man i was gonna get into like all these sacred mountains and stuff like that, but but I think it's going to need some more time. And now that you know, you we'll, we'll we'll do it between now and next week. We'll decide which mountains we want to get into, which which sacred mountains, which mountain men. Maybe that'll be a whole other thing we could get into, like some of these badass people who live in the who, who live in these mountains, do stuff like that. But uh, well, well, and and there's also a, a reason why. That I wanted to kind of start off with this, not only for all that other stuff too, but yeah, like mountains, they have a lot of significance for me. Because again, I grew up there in the San Luis Valley. I saw Mount Blanca. I was up there in in the San Juans, uh, going camping up there and the Sangre de Cristos. And if I ever were, I'm I'm still kind of on the fence. But if I ever were to get a tattoo, it probably would be something symbolic of mountains because they they have a huge they have a huge significance for me. Um, and they're goddamn cool. They're majestic. <laughs> Hell yeah. These majestic mountains. Um, but yeah, man, I just, I don't know. Mountains are so cool. <laughs> mountains are great. 
Mountains are crazy. Mountains are amazing. Um, thank you, buddy. This was a lot of fun. No, yeah. Th- well, and, and, and yeah, and, and I hope I, I hope that. Well, you already helped me out like a couple times. We're like, oh no, yeah, this this is the thing that happens. Or like, oh no, yeah, this mountain. Do you mean this one instead? So yeah, Josh, how could you not know Mount Kosciuszko, <laughs> the most famous mountain in goddamn Australia, where the man from Snowy River hails? <laughs> and you call yourself a wizard? Tisk, <laughs> literally tisk, knowledge that nobody should know. Like, well, but I feel like why... a dick writer for knowing it because. Like, come on! Like, yeah. well, no, but this is why we are two wizards. Because if it, if it was just one <coughs> wizard, then yeah, we miss that part. But, but because we're two wizards, we we get to go back to back, um, and and and, and cover our, our blind spots. And so, I guess, listeners, um, stay stay tuned, stay stay here at the ready, uh, for mountains part two when we get into yeah some of the some of the. Maybe even cryptidy stuff. We could do mountain cryptids too. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll. Oh baby, don't. Oh no. Oh Josh. Oh, you mean the the Yeti and the Himalayas, or or, or uh... the the Ant Men that live beneath Mount Shasta, or or the colony of Bigfoots that patrol and murder people in Mount Mount Rainier. <laughs> we might we might just have to do something like that. So, um, listeners, tell us tell us your thoughts. What are your thoughts? What are some of the mountains you've been to? Have you climbed any of these mountains? I, I guess in hindsight, I, I sort of gave short shrift to the Alps. I didn't really talk about the Alps very much, but eh, whatever. Um, yeah, fuck the Alps. Yeah, the two. Yeah, the two. They're, they're too famous anyway. Whatever. We. we, we I mean, right now we're being backtracked to Moon Dogs high on a rocky ledge, where he's singing about Edelweiss. So it's all good. We're well, hitting yeah, them. So yeah, I guess that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. But 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 listeners, we would love to app- We would love to hear from you. Um, if you've taken some really cool pictures of mountains or drawings or w- whatever, whatever, uh, uh, tell us your stories. Maybe you got really bad altitude sickness because you wanted to go skiing, but then you were just miserable in Vail, Colorado. Um, because, I, I don't know. But but let us know. Tell us your stories. We always love hearing from you. Um, send an email to twowizardspodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at twowizardspodc1. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook, uh, Two Wizards Podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter. You can find me, Josh, at Plaid Barbarian. I think I, yes, yeah, I, I, every time I go back to visit the Sandless Valley, I end up taking like 20 pictures of the mountains there because I miss them so goddamn much. So I'll, so I'll put some of my mountain pictures up on uh, uh, yeah. Twitter. Um, Mark, what else do we have going on here in the High Hammock Studios uh, family? Um, well, you could find me, number one, at Marky Stardust on Twitter, or you can find me on our one sister podcast, The Dangle Podcast, a weekly King of the Hill retrospective rewatch podcast where me and my buddy Johnny, and sometime in the future here, Josh, you're you're coming on. Oh, I don't yeah. know when, but you're going to be there, damn it. Yeah. Um, Johnny and I are debating. We honestly talked about bringing you on for this week because... Um, spoilers, this is the one where Lucky shows up this week, the redneck on Rainy Street. Ooh. And so, like... We were debating on, do we bring you on to be, like, a force of, like, positive energy to my (laughs) force of hatred and Johnny's force of indifference toward the character Lucky? Either way, you're going to be there some point in time, but you can find me there, um... Yeah, uh, we got another project coming up. Listeners, stay tuned. Um, I'm pretty sure next week is going to be a special episode when we announce... That one okay. for sure. Sweet. And awesome. um, yeah, stay tuned, listeners. Thank you for listening. Go ahead and give us that, you know, 
five-star rating. Did we climb that mountain of your hearts and plant our 14-foot pole <laughs> of spruce in your podcast app? Probably. And you're going to listen to every single 140 episodes of Two Wizards as you're Ooh, climbing all go. the way up to the top of some mountain in your life? Well, you should. You should do that, and you should let us know. But in the meantime, also give us five stars. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're all on there. Gmail, there's something there, too. Um, let us know. Let me know. Let Josh know. And yeah, thank you guys for listening and being here, Josh. Thank you. This was a real kick in the ass, and I had a lot of fun tonight. <laughs> good, man. Good, yeah. No, I, it was it was truly my pleasure, and I'm looking forward to part two, where we get into, again, just even, even more cool, cool stuff with mountains. Um, thank you, listeners. Uh, my name is Josh, and I'm a wizard. And my name is Mark, and I am a wizard. We love you all, everyone. Climb every mountain, ford every stream. Follow us to wizards till you find your dream. The hills are alive. With the sound of wizards. Ah. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all! Ah!